This episode is brought to you by Crab Oz, hard-wearing apparel for the crabbing enthusiast. Join our membership program to receive members-only designs each quarter. Find us on Instagram at CrabOz, C-R-A-B-A-U-S, or online at www.craboz.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we will be talking about mindset and strategies to manage overwhelm. We'll have our amazing guest, Ali Flynn, today. She owns three companies. I'm pretty excited about this chat. Prior to starting the companies that she owns now, she was a psychologist. So she's going to share with us some amazing tips in this space. But before we get into that great chat with Arles... Brian. G'day, and how are you going? Good, thank you. Excellent. I've been chomping Brian's head off before we started because I was uh, chipping Brian before we started about his professionalism. Yeah. There was, uh, I was watching this the other day, there was a little clip on um, on a news broadcast where this bloke's talking next to his wife and he's talking about how there was some dogs across the road and then, then he just goes, and the dog just come up and went, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the facial expression on him and everything was just hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what that has got to do with me. But anyway, I was just talking. Right. So, uh, Brian, win of the week. Win of the week? Have you got any wins for the week? I have a win of the week. What is it? Uh, my father is retiring for about the fifth time now. Yes, well, I wonder how long it will last. Yeah, so anyway, we'll see how he goes, but he's ready to spend a bit more time around he, around his mother and father and um, hopefully around us and the kids. Yes, yeah, well, in previous times when he's retired, he has had a new job to go to before he's actually quit the mm. old one, so. Yeah, retirement does, doesn't last long. No, he's a busy man. And uh, your win of the week, Sarah? Well, look Or up. our win of the week? Yeah, so a podcast win of the week. Uh, we've made it into the charts in Great Britain. I, like, was shocked when I found this. So, we have charted in Australia. I with- heard that Lizzie has listened to it. Oh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I call her Lizzie. <laughs> I have a friend called Lizzie who is English, so I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, so we've been in the charts in Australia since we launched the podcast, which which is amazing. We've been in the charts in New Zealand a number of times, but I was just looking at the charts this week and we've been, been in the charts in Great Britain as well. We've made it to 189th on the list, so we're not that far up the list, but you imagine how many Gotta people- start somewhere. Yeah, you imagine how many people are not even on the list at all. So, the fact that we're on the list in the UK is awesome. Yes, and that was all because of our mindset. Oh, okay. I see how you're weaving in the topic there. That's right. Yes. I will always lock us back in. Yes. So, Whose mindset though? Uh, look, well, obviously, <laughs> mine is a little bit... <laughs> Off with the fairy sometimes. You just turn up and do the recording. Everything else is, uh, yeah. 
What do they say? You just turn up and look pretty. Be the talent. Yeah. So, um, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts. You have been. And a common denominator in all of them is having the right mindset. Absolutely. Just before we move on to the mindset conversation, though, mm-hmm. we didn't touch on feedback. Okay. Let's have a bit of feedback from this week. Well, we did get some feedback this week. This week, it's I think things tend to come in roundabouts. Oftentimes with uh, my clients in the coaching side of the business, they all experience the same, you know, challenges at some stage in their business. You know, we're, we're yeah. all just moving around, trying to get clients, trying to deliver, mm-hmm. trying to increase and in scale. So, at some point in time, everyone experiences the same sort of thing. But this week, I have had an influx of questions about customizations on the website and customizing forms. And this week we have put out like four customized forms on websites and we're getting some great, great, great feedback about being able to help those people to make customizations on the website, which is helping to improve their businesses. So, that's probably some great feedback and something I'm proud of. Cool. Have people in your course been asking when will I be hosting any courses or? I haven't had that request yet, Brian, but I mean, it's probably coming. Would you like to make a guest appearance? Uh, I don't know if I'd take a guest appearance. I'd probably take a lead role. Okay. (laughs) Um, Probably in one of the more in-depth courses around spinning a yarn. Oh, just general chit-chat. Yeah. Okay, cool. People like it. So, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, right? A lot of podcasts lately and they all, all have that common denominator of mindset. Yeah. And- it's very important. It is very important, but it's also having the right mindset and then having the commitment to stay on track. You can have a great mindset, but you might just go, hey, I'm, I know I'm doing just fly it in, float out, but you've got to have the commitment to follow it through. Absolutely, you do. Uh, and yeah. I think that, you know, you, you made me listen to one of these podcasts this week and it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I think the show was called The Real Bradley. Is that right? Yeah, it's called Dropping Bombs. So, shout out to Bradley. What they were saying in one of these episodes is that there's a culture out there at the moment that's quite dangerous that's sort of indicating that being an entrepreneur is sort of easy. You just do a couple of live videos, put them on your social media, you'll probably go viral and, you know, and then all of a sudden you're a business owner, which is not actually how it goes. Owning a business and building a business and scaling a business and running a company and having employees, it's actually quite difficult. I mean, there's components of it that are easy, but what is being portrayed on social media, for example, is not actually in line with real life, I suppose. They were talking about mindset and how important it is to have a positive mindset, but also in addition to having a positive mindset, how important it is to be committed. Because somebody might see you 10 years from now when you're running a large company, you have a lot of employees, you're making a lot of money, you're extremely successful. And that is all they see. They don't see the 10 years before that, where you weren't making, you know, in the start, you weren't making a lot of money, but you were committed to what you were doing and you still showed up and you still put in the work and you built and you built and you built over time. I think the the dangerous culture that they were referring to is the overnight success 
culture which is portrayed online. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Now, multiple people talk about mindset, but it's not just an easy thing to, to make happen. The mindset is, right, all right, my mindset is I'm going to get on this business and I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do this, right? But you've got to make sure that you're thinking not next week ahead. You've got to be thinking four or five years ahead because this is now going to be the new norm. Yeah, exactly. That's how you've got to think of it. Um, and, and that podcast that I got you to listen to, the lady on that podcast, Callie, said that she was thinking that like she had no followers, no listeners on her first podcast. And then the lady that she had employed said, oh, what are we going to do? And she goes, oh, I'm thinking 15 years ahead. We'll be number one in 15 years. And that's what she was thinking. So, it's all about being positive and thinking ahead because today is not the final you know what I mean? Like it's not the final thing. Today is going is a start to kick off you to make that brilliant story and and get to somewhere. Yeah. So it's all good and well having a positive mindset when everything's going good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what happens when your business hits a road bump? Well, I think that you've hit on something there and that is that, you know, yeah, when you receive a sale into your business or your business gets featured in a magazine or- Or you get on the number one podcast. (laughs) We've we've been number seven. That's the highest we've been. So, we haven't got to number one yet, but we're working on it. It's all easy and well and good to have a positive outlook when things are going well. But when you have a bit of a setback, that's when you really, really need to kick into gear Mm -hmm. and to remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. And I think that something that the listeners can do in this space and an exercise that I do with all of my students when they come into the coaching course is to understand your why. If you're really, really, really clear on your why, on why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, be it yourself, your family, your children, if you're really clear on your why, it is a lot easier to get yourself back on track and to remember, you know, all of the reasons that you need to sort of pick yourself up and get back on track, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's all about keeping on track. And it's probably about having people around you as well or people you can lean on to when you do come to that hard situation Mm -hmm. and you think, oh, Jesus, there's no way through this, that you can bounce ideas off someone else and and then, yep, right, you can... You can tack around that and you go, right, oh, well, that's a little roadblock there. I can just d- divert it over here and, and then move around that problem. Exactly. And that's that's probably where we get to with strategies around mindset. And I think, you know, we'll leave the bulk of this for the conversation with Arles because she's got some really great strategies in there. But you need to have your go-to thing that works for you. You know, mm-hmm. some people sometimes – I might need to really get stuck into a task and to move the needle in my business a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough traffic to my website, there's a few things I can do. I can send out an email to my email list. I could jump on my social media. I could, you know, there's a number of things that I could do to sort of move the needle and for me to see something positive happening in my business. But sometimes you might actually need to have a break. Go for a walk. Do something different. You need to have people in your life that you can 
talk to, you know, have some business friends or have an accountability buddy that you might be able to talk to about, you know, what you're doing within your business. So I think that you really need to focus on the strategies that lift you back up and get you into the mindset that you need to be in to succeed Mm -hmm. because we're all going to have setbacks. We have them every day and even though you might look at another business and think they're going great and what they're putting out on social media is amazing and they seem to be, you know, making heaps of sales and getting loads of customers, everyone is suffering from setbacks at some point in their life. Those people might just be a little further down the road than you are. Mm -hmm. They're no better than you are. They're just further into the journey. That's right. 100% correct. Yeah. They've built the tools to get past the little ups and downs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very nice. All right, now it's time for your chat with Ali. This episode is brought to you by Crab Oz, hard-wearing apparel for the crabbing enthusiast. Join our membership program to receive members-only designs each quarter. Find us on Instagram at CrabOz, C-R-A-B-A-U-S, or online at www.craboz.com. I know that I briefly introduced Arles at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about her. She is the founder of Altitude Fitness Armadale and also Vera Vidya, which is her yoga and Pilates studio, but she also has a third business, which is Tri Altitude Performance. Ali is also a mum, a wife, And she has overcome some significant challenges in her life. So, Arles, could I maybe just start by getting you to tell us about where you're based? Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me on here. It feels like a real privilege to be sitting here having a conversation. I'm based in Armidale, New South Wales, Mm -hmm. and that's where we run our two local businesses. So, there we've got a fitness studio and also a Vera Vigi Yoga, which is, as you mentioned, yoga and Pilates. Amazing. So, Arles, Before your career in fitness, I guess, you were a psychologist. Yeah, that's right. I did an undergrad in psychology and I was doing psych law and then I went traveling around Australia for a couple of years as a lot of us tend to try and get some travel in, you know, not not these days with COVID, but back in the day, that's one of the things that we would do. And I settled back in New South Wales and decided to go and do a postgraduate in psych and emotionally focused therapy and started working as a therapist out at Dubbo and in the far west. Amazing. And how long did you work in that space for? Oh, from start to before I became a mum and stepped into fitness, it was probably about a decade. Wow. Yeah. Worked on the, in Brisbane, I did some work on the streets and worked in some jails. And then out west, I was working as a outreach youth counsellor with kids that were homeless or at risk of homelessness. Amazing. It takes a really special type of person to do that work. It's definitely something that I always pictured just being in for a short time because it does take a lot of energy and you've got to be very committed to the clients. They commit to you. So it's only equally important that you can commit back. But I absolutely love that work. And when I fell pregnant, I remember almost it sounds weird, but grieving that how am I ever going to walk away from this job? Because I just love working with the kids so much and get so much value and I'm constantly inspired by their grit and their resilience and their determination and their constant ability to 
to try new things or try a different way when things aren't working. Yeah, amazing. So, you know, would you say that you got a huge amount of value out of it for your life as well? not only what you were adding to those children? Oh, absolutely. Every day of the week, I think I gained more from my clients than what they would have gained from me, that's for sure. Well, it's such a beautiful thing to say. And else, how then did you make the transition from... Therapy to fitness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most overqualified fitness instructor, I think, sometimes. No, so I was, a lot of the work was sexual assault and domestic violence. And so it was pretty heavy work and constantly yeah. needing to be on and lots of crisis work and lots of deep work with clients. When I had my first little girl, I remember thinking, this isn't the space for me right now. Uh, I need to step away and I need to be available for my kids and my family. And I ended up having two more little girls really close together in, in, three and a half years, we had three girls. And that's probably what took me away from the industry because I thought, I don't need to know some of this information. You can't unlearn what you know. And it's taken me, my oldest is now 12 and I'd say I'm just coming up for air in kind of letting go of some of those things that I knew and the stories that I'd heard and just wanting to protect my kids every day. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that. I think that, you know, for myself, I didn't even want to listen to like a true crime podcast or something along those lines because I didn't want to be carrying the energy of some of mm. those stories with me when I was, um, you know, caring for my little baby. Yeah. Does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely. And that's how I got into fitness because I was still had that passion for helping people. That's one thing that's run true through all my careers. So I was training at a gym and the instructor said to me, why don't you do your fitness training? And at the time I thought, well, I guess it's just another way to help people. And so I went and did my Cert 3 and loved it so much that I went on to do my Cert 4. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing my cert for another gym said, you know, if you come and work here, then you can use the gym for free if you open your business up. And at that time, I had no intention of running my own business. I don't think it had ever once crossed my mind. And when they said that, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity, one that I probably shouldn't pass up without exploring and having some conversations with some people. So, I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine, Obes, and said, and he's, you know, knows a lot about business and has been around the block a few times and just said to him, what do you think? And he said, it's a really low risk venture. What are you planning on doing if you're not going back to counselling anytime soon? You know, you can play in this space, see if you enjoy it and go from there. So, that's kind of how my business started, completely unintentional. And then six months after I had started my business, I ended up having a stroke and was quite sick. So, I paused the business's for about 12 months and then I came back in and um, started working out of a back paddock in a school, so just on their oval and that's really how my business has started from when I think about it, I think about that. You know, we had 20 people coming to an oval, we had access to a toilet but no, no equipment, nothing else, freezing cold Armadale winter and they'd rock up and we'd, we'd do boot camp style. So, that's where it all started. Oh my God, that is amazing. So, Als, you just, you say that um, <laughs> with just such a, so I had a stroke and I paused the business <laughs> for 12 months. <laughs> my goodness. Tell us just a touch more about that. Well, it was, I had three kids under four at that stage and I was up in the bathroom getting ready to run a boot camp. And I just remember getting this headache like, 
nothing I've ever experienced in my life. The pain was excruciating and it was enough to send alarm bells through me to be like something seriously wrong here. And I screamed out to my husband and it kind of gets a bit blurry from there. But now when we talk about it, he says the same thing. He knew straight away something was seriously wrong. And it's quite funny that we both thought stroke because I had a headache on my left and pins and needles down my right, but I was a fit 30-year-old. So I don't know what, <laughs> what made both of us think that. And and I remember there's vague memories now, but one of the memories was driving into town and me thinking, oh my God, he's going to kill me because he was going so fast because I think he thought we're in trouble here. (laughs) So, he'd put the three girls in the car, me in the car and drove straight into the hospital. And we're just really fortunate that um, Dr. Nanda was there at ED when we got there and he was able to take me under his wing and look after me. He was the physician at the time. And he organized for me to get down to Sydney to um, ICU where I had a brilliant neurologist, Dr. Parrott, and I spent quite a lot of time in hospital. They say that I had two strokes here in Armidale that impacted my vision and my memory, so short-term memory loss. Uh, It was quite Mm -hmm. severe for a couple of years. It's much better now, but I still forget things. Sometimes I think I just blame my stroke, but (laughs) I definitely, (laughs) at the time, I had a sign on my front door that said, don't walk out, you have three children, because I would just forget that I I knew I had children. I just forgot they were in the house with me. Oh my goodness. You're amazing. Yeah, it was definitely, um, when I talk about it, I can talk about it so easily because I had short-term memory loss. I don't have a lot of memory from that time. I think when I hear other people tell the story, it has more of an impact and, and hits home a lot more because I've just got this vague recollection of what those couple of years were like. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same, but recently I was interviewed um, on a friend's podcast and I was talking about my injury. Mm. And when I was talking to her about my injury, it just came out very matter of fact. And when she sent me the video for me to watch it and give her approval to publish it, I was really emotional watching it back because it was almost as if I was watching another person. It was just the Mm. most bizarre thing that's happened. Well, I think when you live with it every day, it becomes your norm, you know. It's just part of your makeup. It's part of what you do. I don't know for everyone, but for me, I definitely had to not stay in that space. I was constantly working on how can I – what's my rehab like? What's one thing I can be doing? I remember sitting upstairs with the kids trying to read the book Spot, if any of you have um, (laughs) read Spot, thinking, oh God, I need to go to school with my kindergarten, like my little girl when she goes to kindergarten, because this is hard. Like this is hard work reading this book. But for me, the biggest, there's two challenges. One is I love people and that's seen something I've really took pride in was remembering people. And now I can meet someone one day and then they can come in a few hours later and I forget who they are. So I find that extremely challenging. And the second thing is I spent my whole life being like, you can't touch my brain. So when um, things would happen, I'd be like, people can hurt me, but they can't hurt my mind. So I would just get stronger and tried to get smarter and tried to really focus in on that. And so when I had my stroke, I felt like they'd taken away my one strategy that I tried to use my whole life to get me through everything. So it was, oh. um, that was a huge challenge through recovery. Like I was really determined to be, to get back to a level of living that I felt was quality and back to being a mom and back to feeling like I had flexibility and freedom within my own life. And Als, like you said you put your business on hold for 12 months. Mm. That to me seems 
with the side effects that you had suffered, that seems to me like a really short amount of time um, to be back in your business. Well, yes and no. So when I, I think when I came back to business and again, my memory wasn't great, so don't hold me to this statistic, but I think I started working with two people and then might have worked with four and then I might have worked with six and then I built it from there. So I didn't go back into full business. And at the time, business was just a hobby for me. I was working out of the back of a school and I was just working with my mates and the business was come if you want, pay if you want. At that stage, I didn't have any other staff or bookkeepers or it was just me and my mates. And going back into the business was more about being outward focused. So, I found that when I went through my recovery, I was very inward focused, which isn't where I like to sit. And so, going back and working with people allowed me to take my lens away from so much self to helping others again, which is what really drives me in this world, is if I can just make a difference in one person's life, then it's absolutely been worth my time. So then went back, started with, you know, two clients, built it to four. I still remember the first day that I brought on a staff member, I said to the people I was training in the morning, oh, does anyone know anyone that might want to do a couple hours work? I'm not really sure what I need them to come in for, but I just know this is getting really busy and I need a hand. And at the time, um, Nancy, one of the girls that was training with me came up and said, I'd love to take that job. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want a friend. Like I need someone that I can have the tough conversations with and someone that I need to be able to delegate to. And she's like, do you not think you could do that with me? And I was like, oh, God, I." no, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want to do it to a friend. Anyway, Nance came on board a week later and she's still with us today, 10 years down the track. Um, and it was just an oh amazing experience to bring on your first employee and them to be so fantastic and so loyal and trustworthy. I think I was very spoiled in the team that I've had around me this whole time. Like everyone that I've worked oh. with has just bought their A game every time they've come in, everything that they've done and yeah, I just, I couldn't be where I am today without the team that I've had around me. Yeah, that's so amazing. It is really great when you get a team member that just clicks and, Mm. you know, everything just moves forward. It's amazing. So, the growth, the growth phase, tell us Mm. how you went from being on an oval with two or four clients to what you are now. There's a few things that I think about in those stages. The first was I remember having conversations with people around town saying, I think I need a coach. Like, I know that I can do this PT gig. I'm still learning. I'm learning every day, but I actually know nothing about business. I've never done a degree in business. My family wasn't in business. I don't sometimes even charge my clients and I'm sure that's not good business. And everyone just kept (laughs) saying to me, you don't need a coach. Like, you're killing it. You you definitely, why do you need a coach? Like, they're just going to take your money and but I kept pushing. Like I think it took me two years to find a coach and then I started working with um, Cam mm-hmm. and that was one of the best decisions I ever made in business. So, we worked together for three years and over that time he taught me everything I know about business to date but also yeah. just made sure that I was crossing my T's and dotting my I's and gave me skills to be able to broaden my bandwidth and think laterally about things. So, that would definitely be my number one thing that made a biggest difference from having two clients on a back of noble in rehab for myself to owning three companies. When you're working with a coach or when you're coaching someone, what you're able to do is to take all of the experience that's taken me five years to get and give them a little bit of a shortcut, like help them to know the right path so that they don't have to spend time or money 
making those mistakes. Absolutely. Vicarious learning, like learning through others. You know, yes, we learn doing it ourselves, but we can learn a lot from other people and from watching and observing and hearing what they've already tried and what's worked Mm. for them. Absolutely. And one thing that I always think too is that, you know, like you said, you would have made it. You knew that you would have made it to where you wanted to go with your business. But by working with a coach, it just got you there faster. It just gave you all of those strategies. Without a doubt. And and just for anyone out there that is thinking about a coach, I didn't know how I was going to pay for a coach. When I said I didn't charge people, I, I mean that. Like I probably was lucky to be making 100 bucks a month. I don't know. Like that might even be a bit generous when I talk about starting. And the coach cost me thousands of dollars a month. And I was like, how am I going to pay for this? I have no idea. I just know that I need one. And then I've never once looked back everyone around me. So, my bookkeeper, my husband at the time, when I say at the time, he's still my husband now. I mean, he's on board 110% now. But in the beginning, he and my mates clearly used to say to me, when are you going to stop with your coach? Like they're costing you an arm and a leg. When's the end date on this? And I just kept pushing back saying, I don't actually know if there is an end date, but I'm getting way more value than I'm paying out, you know, without a doubt. And when I look back now, my coach set me up for life. Like I was sick for 11 months last year and I stepped away from the businesses and they all ran without me. Yeah. To have that is, that's from having a coach beside you and helping you set up the right systems and structures, having the right mindset and being able to trust in your people that you can step away. Yeah. Amazing. Such Mm. good advice. From there, I think another big decision was when I bought my commercial block. When Mm -hmm. we were making that decision, it felt like I was making a decision for my family's future. I felt like it was the hill I was going to die on and that if I made a mistake here that our whole family's fortune (laughs) would go down by the wayside and my kids wouldn't be educated. I don't... it sounds crazy saying it out loud, but that's what I felt at the time. And I ended up getting quite sick. I got shingles just from the stress of making a decision about buying a commercial block. Uh, but that, again, was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And we now have three businesses operating out of that block. So it's very resilient and sustainable. And hopefully over time, that will help contribute to my kids' education rather than feeling like I'm stripping from that or from our family's growth worth. And then the last decision was definitely when, and this probably only happened two years ago, was when I decided I actually was a business owner. So, up until a couple of years ago, it was still a hobby. And then when I really stepped into the space of being like, do you know what? I genuinely love business. And some days I think I love business as much as I love working with people and helping people. When I owned that space and I kind of stepped into the arena there, that really lifted the game one more level again because I was like, I am in. I'm 100% in with all of the messiness, all of the spot fires, the bushfires, the staff coming and going, the clients coming and going. Like this is actually what I love because it's problem solving. It's constantly challenging. And, you know, my human needs, when you look at your six human needs, and if someone hasn't done that yet, jump on Google and check that out, is growth is one of them and, and challenge and people. So those three things are my pillars and I am in my happy place when I have those three things around me. People, challenging stuff and growth, learning something new. Yeah, that's amazing. I really resonate with that as well because, you know, sometimes I try to explain to Brian that whilst I absolutely love my small product space business, West of the Waves, I love it. It's actually the building and the growing and the running of the business that is the part that I love the most. Yeah. 
And you have to remind yourself that, you know, don't you find? Like I, some days I think, whoa, this is coming at me from every angle. Like I just need to just take a breath and find the gap and just be like, I love this. I love this. It might feel challenging right now, but this is where I sit at my best. And the other part of it too is that, you know, I always think back or think about my engineering work and sometimes it can be hard because, you know, you might have to go and work something out or, you know, learn something new or talk to somebody or find a way to get around something. But I just feel like when it's your own business and when you're doing it for yourself, it might be hard, but the reward is that you're doing it all for yourself. Mm. And I feel like that makes it that little bit easier. Definitely, definitely. And mine goes one deeper because I've got such an amazing community here in Altitude Fitness and Vera Vidya. Every decision I make impacts someone else that comes into our business. So I also have very strong motivators around that. It's like, if this is hard for me, just think about the impact I'm going to have tomorrow if I get this sorted, because these guys show up every day. It's these guys that walk in, show up day in and day out. Like we don't have anyone on the books that's paying and not showing up. So if they're going to commit to me like that, then I need to commit to the difficulty and the challenge behind the scenes to set it up so that they can have the best possible experience out there. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about Tri-Altitude Performance Owls? Yeah, this is our new baby. So I am a co-founder of Tri-Altitude Performance with Dave Ballard, who's the head strength and conditioning coach up with the Broncos. And we got together during COVID and had some really good discussions around at the time, it was around I was running a program, the psychology behind fitness and nutrition so that people, anyone can teach you to squat. You can go to any gym and they'll teach you to squat, but what is it that gets you coming back day in and day out? What is it that helps you train consistently through rain, hail, or shine, vomiting kids, change of jobs, moving house, you know, and it's really understanding the mindset that sits behind that. And so, Dave and I discussed that on a much grander, bigger picture and it was like, what if we could work with people in elite sport, in corporate space, in schools, like if I knew some of this stuff when I was a teenager, this would have fundamentally changed A, my self-worth, but B, my ability to be able to increase that bandwidth that we were talking about earlier. So Dave and I got together and we've been working pretty hard for 12 months to build Tri-Attitude Performance. And so our purpose is to support organisations to develop and implement programs that will make a difference to their people and the organization as a whole. So we want to work with the whole picture of the organization. And we have some pillars that we sit in there. So nutrition, movement and body, sleep, mindset, performance, productivity, connections and communication, and mindfulness, gratitude and reflection. So there's seven pillars that sit in there. And we have the I believe, the best team in Australia. We've got a phenomenal team that sits behind it. Um, Andrew Hall, the dietitian. We've got a HR girl, physio. Like we've just, we've handpicked from the best and pulled them together so that the resources we have, people can access from anywhere in Australia. So if you've got an organization and you're wanting to tap into one of the top dietitians or the top physios, you can tap in it through this program that we have. Oh, that sounds like truly amazing. And right at the end of the podcast, we'll do a shout out so that everybody knows where they can find you and get in touch if they're interested um, in that program. But one more thing that I wanted to touch on with you is your new podcast. So did you want to tell us about the podcast that you are doing? 
Yes. So it's about to launch. It's called Challenges That Change Us. And I'm talking to people about challenges, how they've overcome them and how it's actually impacted them. So we've got an amazing lineup, but it's really about like you were saying with a coach, learning vicariously through other people's stories. So through hearing yeah. story, we can either feel less lonely, so feel like we're part of a community or perhaps through the podcast you might get some strategies that you can try or if you've got a mate coming and talking to you about something that's really upsetting them or a challenge they're going through, you might be able to have some ideas on what they could try next. So it's really about hearing other people's stories and then taking from those stories what resonates with you. Yeah, that's so true. And so our goal our goal this year is to impact 10,000 lives. And so one of the ways we want to do that is have 10,000 followers on that podcast. And then another way we're doing it is having a look at an organization where we can start working with saving children from sex trafficking. That's our big goal, big audacious goal for this year is we want to impact 10,000 lives. That's amazing. And I wish you the absolute best of luck with that because I know that your intention behind that is just so pure and I know that you're going to get there and surpass that goal for sure. Thanks. So, Al's, let's talk about a hack. Have you got a hack that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, well, when you asked me about this, I was thinking and no surprises from everything we've been talking about, it would be in the mindset space because I believe that our mind is with us everywhere we go all the time. So, it's one of our strongest tools and resources that we can tap into like our breath. I was thinking about either one of those but I'm going to go with our mind and the hack that I have today is remember that you get to pick your attitude that you wake up with in the morning and sometimes we need little strategies to help us flip that mindset or to change the lens that we view at the world in but at the end of the day we're responsible for that and we can make that choice when we wake up so if you're in business and you're finding that you know you're getting really overwhelmed by stuff you've got things coming at you from all different angles there's spot fires everywhere try and find that gap try and take a nice big breath in and have the conversation with yourself and remind yourself why you're there and that you actually love being there. So it's like, you know, whether it be saying something like there's no problem that I can't solve or, you know, I know it's hard right now, but this is where my growth, my biggest growth is going to happen. So having some of those little one-liners, we call them mantras, and saying them and having them on repeat can make a huge difference to switching the lens that you look at something through. And another one that when we're talking about, you know, when everything's coming at you from every angle, because I think that's something that a lot of these listeners out there will probably resonate with, is thinking about what outcome you want to have from the problem that you're faced with. So, if you're going in to have a conversation with someone or you need to have, like if you need to have a difficult conversation or there's something in front of you that feels like it's a big problem, ask yourself the question, what's the outcome that I'm trying to achieve here? And when you get focused in on that outcome, the next stage is to start to think laterally. So, one of the tips that I got along the way was to write 101 things to solve the problem. And the best example I use in this space is I had a yoga teacher that ended up um, falling pregnant and moving towns. And I was like, oh my God, we've just started yoga. They're really hard to find rurally. I may not get another one for another year. What am I going to do? And I, I started realizing that I was in that spiral down of feeling overwhelmed. And so I yeah. stopped and I was like, there's no problem I can't solve. Let's just take a breath. What's the outcome I need here? I need a yoga teacher. 
what's 101 solutions to this space? And I sat down with this big piece of cardboard and I started writing them out. And I think I got to about 35 and I was like, oh, not getting anywhere. So when I had a coffee, shower, came back, started writing them again. My 77th example was a friend of mine that was a dietitian at the time, Anna, and I wrote a name out and I was like, oh my God, picked up the phone in that moment, rang her. I was like, hey, Anna, have you ever thought of being a yoga teacher? And she's like, oh my God, I would love to be a yoga teacher. Bang. That was it. So if I'd stopped at 10 or if I'd stayed in that overwhelmed space of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? This is really hard. How am I going to fix this? I wouldn't have gotten to that outcome that I ended up getting, which was my 77th solution on my page heading to 101. And so it's really important when we start thinking about those 101 solutions, I tend to try and take away resources. So it's like, what are all the options in front of me if I had all the time and money and staff, if I had access to everything, what could I try in this space? Because what we're actually doing is unlocking the brain to think of more ideas. So you might think of Joe and the thought of Joe might spin off another 10 people. But had you not thought of Joe, those 10 people wouldn't have come. So if you sort of imagine a maze, like you walk in one door and it opens up a new space and then you walk in the next, it opens up a new space. So that's the... I guess the science behind why I'm suggesting to do that 101 list is that you don't know what solution will unlock the next solution that might actually make the biggest difference in your world right now. That's such a great tip. And I know mm. that you have told me that one before and I have sat there and written da- written things down before, but yeah, it's so worthwhile. Did, it, did it work for you? Well, I was just recapping in my mind that yes, it did work for me on the last occasion, but I've actually been having a little thing this morning where I need to go right back to that. And just since having this conversation, it jogged my memory to be like, mm, mm. there it Maybe is, I go should and do, do that. that. And that's that gap I'm talking about, Sarah. So if you find that you're feeling overwhelmed or you feel like you've got a lot on or you're feeling a bit stuck, find the gap. Find the mm. gap, take a breath and think, what yep. is the outcome I'm trying to achieve here? So, you know, it's sometimes we're too in it. And we need to pull ourselves yep. out of it and look at it from a landscape or a bird's eye view and just take a moment because that moment might be the most productive moment of our day. And Absolutely. I was just thinking as you said that, it, it's easy to have all of these strategies but a tool's no good unless you use it, you know, unless we're actually implementing on it. So you can hear these and collect these little tools but my advice to you when you're listening is have a crack like whatever's going on in your mind right now when you get off listening to this podcast think about what is the outcome I'm trying to achieve and then and then sit down with a piece of paper and write out your 101. Absolutely gosh Alice thank you so much for coming on the podcast today now if one of the listeners wants to find you what is the best way to get in touch? Oh, that's a very good question. It's um, <laughs> just if you're in Armadale, you're not going to find us because we have this tiny little sign that's the size of a number plate out the front um, because we have such a strong word of mouth. But you definitely can find us on the internet at Altitude Fitness Armadale or Vera Vigi Yoga or for Try Altitude Performance at www.tryaltitudeperformance. And hopefully if you jump on and have a listen to our podcast, Challenges That Change Us, I really hope you take some stuff away from that podcast as well. I am really excited for you to launch and I will make sure that we pop all that information in the show notes, but we'll also um, pop it up again when you do actually launch your podcast. Mm. Thank you, Sarah. It's always like I just, 
I'm so passionate in this space and I could talk about this all day long and it's so nice, you know, to be sharing it with you and listening to you talk and I just really just want to say thank you for bringing me on. Okay, it's time for today's wrap-up snap quiz. Oh, this will be a good one. Mindset. Mm-hmm. Who has the better mindset out of you and I? Oh, you know what? I think sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you. You've got a better mindset than I do. I, I'm uh, more disciplined and I am I'm probably... <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing at me? That's true. I'm more disciplined. But, okay. But you have a better mindset. Okay. I can fall into the hole sometimes and you have to pick me back up out of it. Yeah, I can fall off the train tracks as well. But, yeah. All right, fair enough. I'll take that as a win. Thanks very much. Do you go to me for a pickup or someone else? Oh, depends. I have a group of friends that, like, I've met through my small business journey. And sometimes if I need a bit of a pickup or I need to have a discussion with them about... Um, something that's happening in my business or get some advice on that, I might go to them. But if I just need some, you know, to get away from whatever it is that I'm doing or we need to go and do something with the family, I'll come to you. Cool. As long as I'm there somewhere, that's the main thing. Well, you're the comedian, so uh, if I need something lighthearted, I come to you. (laughs) Nice. And to wrap up today's quiz, Mm -hmm. do you think that having a positive mindset is more important than being super committed. Oh, I don't think I... Well, they go back hand in hand. Yeah, I think they've got to go hand in hand. I think they have to go hand in hand. And, you know, you can't have a positive mindset all the time. There's going to be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. There's going to be ups and downs. And there are probably going to be times where you think, fuck it, everything's gone to shit. But... Sorry, I didn't get the language warning out there. (laughs) That there are going to be moments when that happens and it's okay for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not whether that happens or it doesn't happen. It's what you do after that to pick yourself back up and get yourself back on track. The right mindset is being able to let yourself have the moment and then what do I do now? Perfect. And that today, people, is today's tip of the week. <laughs> okay. Thanks, bro. Thank you all so much for listening. I've really enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope that you have gotten something out of our chat today. And if you have any questions, if you've got any feedback, make sure you jump onto our Instagram page and send us a message. We love hearing about your small businesses too. And we love shouting out small businesses. So make sure you jump onto the Instagram at all things small biz podcast and send us a message. Thanks people. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Ecom Hub on Instagram and Facebook. That's at the underscore E-C-O-M-M underscore H-U-B. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.